Hello and welcome to No Direction's official PaizoCon 2019 seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. Our coverage would not be possible without the help of our con staff, Paizo, and our patrons. Find more seminar recordings at nodirectionpodcast.com. But hey, at least you guys are happy. Hey, we've been joined by Lisa Stevens, everybody. Our CEO. This is my favorite panel to get to find out whether we have a future. So. I know, yeah, thank God. I, I, I figured. <laughs> Let me ask the. Hey, I, hang on. Are we, is it tarot this time or tea leaves? How are you figuring this out? Uh, I think it's just a gut feeling at the end. Maybe a mystic medium trails. The gut feeling. I channeling the ghost of Gary Gygax. Too soon. It's too sad. It's too sad. It's too sad. All right, guys, so it is 2.45, so we'll get started. This is the Future of Paizo 2019 and beyond. Um, so basically, uh, uh, this isn't like, let's delve deep into the, the second edition Pathfinder rules, if you really are interested in that. Um, Kool-Aid man through that wall, and uh, you'll get to be in that panel. Um, it isn't necessarily uh, a regurgitation of last night's preview banquet. How many of you guys were at the preview banquet? Okay, cool. Come on, guys. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but... Uh, uh, why, was there something else going on last night? Um, okay, so uh, this is not necessarily a recap of that. If you, uh, We did 80, 89 slides last night showing a bunch of different things. It's a F. It, no, it's a, what did I say? It's a fucking shitload, is what I said. <laughs> and a live mic. Oh, and that live mic. And that live mic. Like I said, Eric swears. Okay, so, um, surprise. Uh, so. Eric's review for 2019. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get a review this year. Okay, um. Slam! Like I said, we're too tired to be smart in this one. Um, okay, so, uh,. So let's see. Um, we, if you're really interested in delving deep into the slides and some of the reveals from last night, uh, the stream <coughs> that we did uh, captured high res versions of that, and there's a thread about it on Paizo.com. So a lot of those feats and a lot of the, you know, the the text was pretty blurry in the room, but they were running a native version of the PowerPoint presentation. Um, and if you really want to delve into that, you can do that. I'm also pleased to see that uh, the Jason's My Pathfinder spoiler hashtag thing, where we handed out a hundred different spoilers and he promised to spoil even more if people could put together the set of 100 by the time he gets back from UK Games Expo which is where we're all going day after tomorrow um not all of us, but most of us. I meant a lot of us. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was going to reveal more if he did that. I think they're like within 10 of that now. So people have done a really good job of assembling that. And so you can go on message boards and, again, just tons and tons of like very, very specific spoilers that fit on an index card. This is a little bit more of an open-ended uh, conversation. So before I get too into it, uh, I've uh, introduced our CEO, Lisa Stevens. Uh, Lisa, you have any uh, anything you want to say before I have these guys introduce themselves? Uh, okay. Then uh, starting on my right, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and let everyone know what you do for the company. I'm Mark Moreland. I am Paizo's franchise manager. So I uh, uh, work on brand consistency across um, our internal products as well as uh, licensed products to make sure that we're all on the same messaging page. And that's anything from, you know, continuity passes on some of our stuff to um, paint steps on the WizKids miniatures, making sure they're as they need to be, making sure that... Making sure skidamaters don't have white faces. Right, making sure that um, uh, all of the labels on our, our Galarian paints from Reaper are spelled correctly. 
two weeks after I've already approved them. Um, so that kind of thing, uh, Mark's really been helpful with. And so he's got an encyclopedic knowledge of Pathfinder and a, uh, a really good attention to detail that helps us keep things consistent. Rob? I'm Rob McCrary. I'm the creative director for Starfinder. What does that mean, Rob? That means lots of different things. It does um, mean lots of different yeah, things. Yeah, it's kind of, it's both like uh, helping to figure out what the schedule of products that we're going to release is, what the content is, so like working with the developers for what the different adventure paths are going to be, sort of the overall plots, um, what sorts of things we want to be in the book, and kind of just like keeping things internally consistent uh, within the Starfinder brand. Um, also with Starfinder Society, I look at the Starfinder Society scenario outlines. I look at the outlines for all the books to make sure and occasionally get to work on some books too. So it's just all kind of keeping Starfinder all together in orbit around each other. Or something. That's a space reference. <laughs> uh, James. Uh, I'm Dan Jacobs, a great director for Pathfinder. Uh, everything Rob just said, to find replace Pathfinder into Starfinder and uh, accept it, you know, orbiting into fantasy. We still have planets, uh, so maybe they're Yeah. Uh, but we have Aeon stones that orbit your head. They have Aeon stones, too, so that's it. Oh. We happened before the name. Are we, we going to have a Starfinder Pathfinder like, yeah, off here yet? I mean, again, I think so. Do I need to say you No. I'm I can't. I can't lash out, Rob, because uh, I play a character in this uh, Starfinder game. But we've gotten further than ever. Rob is really good at getting one and a half books into an adventure map before sure. something shiny distracts them. <laughs> now, sometimes Mark Moreland engineers a total pirate kill, so it's between the two of them. Total Any one of us could have rung that bell. Yeah. <laughs> so wait. But none of you did. You guys did. You got TPK'd. And Skull and Shackle. And you okay. killed them all? It's well... Monsters killed them all because they made poor choices. <laughs> here's here's your wife killed my first. Here's a, a, a tree here's a here's she a shot the monster that was holding me in the tree. Here's a bit of a difference maybe between your GM style and mine. My campaigns, as you all know, just sort of peter out after several years. But uh, I, you built that giant paper yes, pirate ship I did. that is like an died. intricate piece of art. It's a it's like this big and yeah. it's, I don't even know how he does it. It's like defies gravity and it's beautiful. It's and if here. I had done that and I was like looking at the whole campaign ending because of a TPK, I would have had saved one of them just to keep using that boat. Okay. We Hi, I thought that was going to be better than it was. <laughs> we did it to ourselves. Also fun killing welcome characters. to. I know that's true. That's true. That welcome, is true. Yeah. Welcome to GMing three hundred three. Right. Right. Okay. 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 So, um, uh, twenty nineteen and beyond. Let's start talking about twenty nineteen. Um, so there's still a bunch of stuff, uh, sort of yet to come. Um, briefly, uh, we've got a ton of products that we're dropping in July. Um, the core rulebook, the bestiary. We've got deluxe uh, editions of both of those with the uh, faux leather. Uh, well, it's okay. <laughs> All right, ladies here's, and gentlemen. Here's a little behind behind yeah. behind Pizer here. Yeah. We ship the stuff in July, right? So we ship to start shipping consumers. We ship to distributors. So in our minds, it's a July product because that's when we're shipping it, and that's right. when it's one of our internal schedules. It's like the entire releasing. schedule for both these years. Yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, releasing August. Um, okay, first, so it releases August first, and so tech, it, you know, and we're, <laughs> all the stores need to have it in July. Yeah, and uh, we, there's another set of releases at the end of August. As well, so it's a little bit confusing, but 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to be doing that. We got the character screen or the, the character sheets, GM screen, uh, two different GM screens actually. There's a Paizo.com exclusive that's the tall version. I showed off the widescreen version at the uh, at the banquet last night. That thing is really really sweet. Um, and uh, we've got the condition card deck coming out as well. And then in uh, July uh, slash August. Cool. Okay. Uh, it's slice slash August. Uh, we are going to double up on the adventure path. So we'll finish the last issue of the Tyrant's Grasp adventure path, and we'll start the first volume of the Age of Ashes adventure path. And the reason we're doing that is so that we can get two full adventure paths in during a calendar year. It's always been kind of weird because we'd start stuff in August, then everything was offset by one month. But the funny thing about Gen Con is over the last several years, it's been getting earlier and earlier and earlier. So our whole plan of, like, we're going to launch the new adventure path in August doesn't work. Work if it's a normal August release, like in the last week of August, because Gen Con's increasingly in August 1st, August 3rd. I think next year it's July 28th or something like that. So um, we love the idea of launching stuff at that show. How many of you guys have been to Gen Con before? Yeah, it, do you like it? Yeah, it's awesome. It's scary and huge and whatever, but it's everyone's there, and except for all you who didn't raise your hand. Um, and so uh, I highly recommend checking out that show. And not just us, but lots of companies kind of put their main stuff out at Gen Con. And so we wanted to keep doing that. And there's another side benefit of that as well, which means we're going to be launching um, it, uh, Pathfinder and Starfinder Adventure Pass on different months. They used to kind of always be on the same schedule. So this way, uh, you're looking for a game to play, whether it be Pathfinder or Starfinder, every three, four months, you'll have an option to jump into a new campaign. So that's kind of the philosophy behind that. Um, James. Hi. So, Hi. so, oh, quick question about Sure, that. just pepper us with questions are as we go. Gonna, are you going to push the Pathfinder schedule back some to get like a three-month separation, or are you just going to leave it? To get a three-month separation, I'm so not sure right if now, I... Right now, Pathfinder's based, or Starfinder's going from August to January. Starfinder, yep, that's right. And, and you're going to make Pathfinder... July to uh, December. I'm yep. wondering if you're going to move. That's an interesting question. I'm not ready to tell you that yet. Uh, uh, no, uh, we, the interesting thing about Starfinder is we feel like we have a little bit more flexibility in terms of the length of the adventure pass because it's less of an orthodoxy. Like if we try to do, we've done two three volume yes. adventure pass for Starfinder, for example, and people seem to like them. I think if I did three volume Pathfinder adventure pass, I don't know why, but I feel like people would just come to the office and shoot me with poison arrows. So, uh, well, especially now that we have to go to level twenty with them. So. Right, uh, and and I would say that we get to go to level twenty. Um, I think. That's a, that's that 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 is it. Honestly, that's part of. I think that James, that was one of your main sort of requests for Pathfinder Second Edition. Yeah, is like that always frustrated me with the adventure path. We publish adventures when you first up to twentieth level. We don't publish adventures that let you get to twentieth level, and um, it's always bothered me. I mean, there's like this this paradigm like twentieth level adventures don't sell, but we don't publish them. Of course, they won't sell. So it's a chicken or the egg sort of thing. So I really with uh, Return of the Rune Lords, um, I pushed hearts for that one to go all the way to 20 bubble, and the only way I was able to pull that off was to make each adventure like 10 pages longer, and that was a lot of extra work on the adventure development side, so um, one of the things I really worked hard uh, with the design team was to ensure that how they built experience points was such that you would gain enough over the course of what time and space allow you to put into a six-month adventure path. That many encounters is enough for you to get to 20 bubble and then play at 20 bubble a little bit at the end, so... I think we did it, but uh, we're not done developing Age of Ashes yet, so we're now, on schedule. Let's give people um, a, a bit of a sense, like, where roughly are we, like, where are we now in the production cycle for Age of Ashes? Oh, uh, behind. No, I, I know that. <laughs> I mean, right, right, we're on schedule. But I mean, like, what about, what volume are you working on right now, for example? Um, I just, just started working on... Um, 
the development of part four and uh, creating the art order for part five was the last thing that I did just before this adventure, before this adventure had happened. And then I'm starting the art order for the last one in a couple of weeks. So we are generally, when it comes to development, we're about half a year, over half a year ahead of schedule. Like you've already ordered the next one too. Yeah, yeah, we know what the next. We'll get to that in a minute, but we know what the next adventure path is after that. We know what the next adventure path is after that. And when I say we know, I mean there's like drafts of full out. We've we fully outlined the first three adventure paths, and the executives have actually proof of. Yep, and uh, and then uh, we have not yet decided what the fourth second edition adventure path will be. I think we've got some ideas yep. kicking around, um, but we're that's kind of gives you guys a sense of how far out we are from where where you guys are, and that's also another reason why sometimes it's easier to trick us into saying things that we. <laughs> accidentally haven't revealed yet. Um, okay, so James, why don't you, um, can you go a little deeper into Age of Ashes than maybe I did in the banquet, you know, yeah. as the person put um, it together? We had, uh, I wasn't in the uh, the Adventure Pass seminar, I think it was earlier this morning. Was anyone here in that seminar? Oh, we have no kidding. idea. Yeah, Adventure Pass Q&A. Okay. So I'm not quite sure what they've revealed yet, because I've been running Call of Duty games. I had a 50% kill on this one, a 70% on the previous one. <laughs> Without waiting to go there, yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Age of Ashes. Uh, one of the things that we we heard back from uh, customers uh, is that they want an adventure path that's a dragon themed adventure path. It's a hard thing to pull off. Uh, we've tried it a couple times before. The idea of like each adventure in the six parts was kill a dragon, then kill a slightly tougher one, then kill a slightly tougher one. That didn't really work out right. It's repetitive. Um, dragons kind of set up their own sort of plot line, and you can't repeat that over and over. Um, with uh, Age of Ashes, uh, we figured out a way to, to do a dragon-themed adventure path that isn't so repetitive. Um, uh, the basic plot <clears throat> is that in the first adventure, Hell Night Hill, uh, written by Amanda Hammond, um, you are a group of up-and-coming adventurers, first level, in a small town in Isger. And uh, there's weird fires burning on this old abandoned Hell Knight castle up on the hill, and you go up there to check it out. And shenanigans ensue, and you end up with the deed of the castle, basically. And it becomes your basically your fort, your home base. And it stays that way throughout the entire campaign. Down in the basement, there's a little bit of spoilers, I'm going to try to keep playing. Down in the basement, there's a ring of Iodars, which are these elf portals that go all over the planet, all over the inner sea, all over everywhere. And uh, the framework of the adventure is that you're starting to unlock these magical portals and traveling through them to these different areas. So it sort of gives you uh, sort of a world tour of the uh, the Lost Omens campaign setting. And if you're a newcomer to Galarian, it kind of shows all these different locations, diverse regions. Um, if you're you know if you've been playing Lost Adventure Pass, you get to go to some places you've been before. Uh, you get to go to some places you've never been before. Um, that's there's some dragons that show up here and there. Um, there's also a uh, up-and-coming slaver organization that is causing trouble um, that you've got to fight against and keep from uh, doing all their, their evil miscreant deeds throughout uh, different regions. Um, and that's pretty much the the main story for Age of Ashes. There's um, uh, I, I did a stream about this uh, on uh, the Twitch show uh, a month or so back and revealed that uh, the Dayhawk, the god of evil dragons, plays a pretty key role in this adventure path. Um, he's not necessarily the main bad dragon, though. That's somebody that uh, we haven't yet revealed. I've been super coy about revealing who it is. Uh, it is a dragon that we've mentioned before. 
Um, and uh, it's more complicated than him just being. Did you put it in the description of the sixth adventure for solicitations that I are going to drop like next week? It's pretty. It's pretty. <laughs> even that sixth solicitation, which is the the, the text you'll see pop up on like Amazon.com and. I said It's still pretty. Pretty. There's something going on. There's a dragon. Um, but as soon as the first volume is out on uh, August first. Um, one of the new things we're doing with this whole adventure path is we've got, in, at the back of every volume and at the back of every adventure, we've got something called the Adventure Toolbox. Uh, that's where we're putting new rules, new monsters, new spells, new feasts, not uh, like new uh, archetypes, new uh, all sorts of just things that your player characters will be able to earn by playing through the adventure. Um, in the very first volume of each adventure path, the adventure toolbox will also contain what's sort of a GM's supplement. It'll tell you, it'll give you a timeline of a bunch of stuff, it'll give you a bunch of like really detailed plot breakdowns if you want to run the adventure paths day and day they come out, you'll have more information from the start. So all of that secret information I'm dancing around is going to be right there out in the public, but at that point, if some player finds out about it just because of the internet, not because of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. So um, let's see. In addition to the Age of Ashes adventure path that is going to be in the launch slate, we also have a standalone 64-page adventure by Jason Bullman called The Fall of Plaguestone. This is the story of how your adventuring group got together. Um, without doing too many spoilers, I'm a little deeper than Jason did last night, you, you basically start as guard on a caravan. There's a caravan master. I think his name is Bort. Uh, and uh, as you get to this town of Veterans Folly, which is also got the, the, the nickname of Plaguestone because it was ravaged by disease uh, in the past, and there's a big stone. This is, I think, something you took from history, but there's a stone where uh, the, the community would put out food for the sick, and then they would come and get the food and put money in a little slot into this hollow stone in the center of a, of a town. And so you get to this town, and uh, Bort, the caravan leader, takes you all to the tavern because you successfully defended the, the caravan from a, some really strange wolves who attack it. And uh, as he's, uh, he raises a glass to toast you, he takes a drink and then falls down dead. He's been poisoned. And you as the players are the ones who get to uh, solve his uh, his. Uh, slaying or hang for the crime. And so uh, you get to explore the town. There's a lot of exploration. Jason wrote um, Crypt of the Everflame, which is the very first Pathfinder uh, uh, standalone adventure. And, uh, the, well, Mark, technically, Hollow's Last Hope was the first, um, right? What was the first Pathfinder? Oh, that was a Game Mastery module. That was, that was getting the, too confusing. That was the first, yeah, in Galarian. Kind of the Cobalt King was the first published one. Mm -hmm. Paula's Last Hope was the one we did for free. We're falling into a trivia anyway. trap. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, but, but yes, uh, the Crypt of the Everflame was the debut adventure that Jason wrote. He wrote a great uh, dungeon and, um, and, and we, I played it a few times. In fact, Lisa and I uh, playtested that thing yeah. back in the day at Paizo. It was Balthus, I was Amiri. That's right. And um, fun adventure, but if there's one sort of uh, drawback to the adventure, I'd say it doesn't have a lot of NPCs. It's a lot of fighting, it's a lot of exploration. It's really a lot of like kind of showing how the new rules work uh, in the context of a fun adventure. But um, outside of one really insane character, most of the, the NPCs you meet after the introduction are, are basically corpses. And so um, 
he has kind of done a complete about-face with this adventure. There's tons of great NPCs, lots of good opportunities for role-playing, but also some, some great encounter-building as well. So that's the fall of Plaguestone. You also mentioned the Dwarven Forge connection. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. And uh, we've partnered up with Dwarven Forge, who does the, who does the three-dimensional uh, terrain, and they are putting together a set where you can build an entire dungeon from that adventure. Um, I don't, we don't have the price and everything yet, but that's going to be at, uh, uh, available at Gen Con. And they've made some specific, unique pieces that are that are uh, uh, native to the fall of Plaguestone. So I think that's going to end up being a really cool uh, thing, something we've never really done before. So that's awesome. Um, a number of other things. Let's see. We've and that's 64 pages, yep. which is consistent with the, the, the later first edition modules. Yep. Um, but it, that's one reason that Jason's able to put more stuff in it than he was in the 32-page script of the Everplay. In uh, Last night, we revealed the second and third volumes in the Lost Omen World Guide series. Uh, so that first one is um, the uh, Lost Omens World Guide, and that is breaking down the 4950 uh, nations in the inner sea region into 10 geographically contiguous and thematically appropriate uh, groupings. Um, and uh, that's going to be how we're going to sort of approach the campaign for a little bit. So I uh, want to give like bigger chunks than uh, than the boiled down um, uh, inner sea world guide approach where every uh, country got like four, six pages. Uh, we'll probably get to that kind of thing eventually, but we wanted to kind of give a real good 136 page overview of the campaign setting uh, in the uh, the Lost Omens World Guide. Um, the Lost Omens Character Guide is the second volume in that line that comes out in October. That's also 136 pages. Doesn't have a big poster map like the, the first one does, and it's consequently a little bit less expensive, um, but it does have a ton of information about how to more deeply root your character in to the Age of Lost Omens campaign world. And so, you know, it, it's not just like I'm a dwarf, it's what type of dwarf am I? It's not just I'm a goblin, it's what type of goblin am I? And each of the ancestries have a ton of new ancestry feats, and each of them has at least one new heritage as well. So lots of different sort of physiological and cultural differences that you can have with your characters based on their ancestry. If you don't like any of the core ancestries in the core rulebook, this book also contains three brand new ancestries. Um, the Hobgoblin, Goblin, the, the book, not the bugbear. No, that was a mistake on the, on the <laughs> slide. Um, but I thought that yeah, that's funny. Uh, but uh, it's the hobgoblin, the leshy, which is a nature spirit that inhabits sort of a created plant body, and the lizard folk. Um, and as I said last night. Uh, there are going to be other ancestries coming up in, in soon-to-be-announced products as well. So if you look at that and you say, wow, a uh, sentient little plant creature sounds pretty cool, but I was maybe hoping for like a Tengu or an Asimar or a Tiefling or something like that, um, those things are going to be coming in relatively short order and stuff that, that we haven't quite announced yet. It's not appropriate to announce yet but we'll announce soon. So uh, rest assured that within a year's time, you're going to have a whole bunch of different ancestors to choose from. Um, we also talked a little bit about uh, the next book in the line, but I think I'm going to hold off on that until we talk about 2020. Uh, I want to quickly say yeah. something about... So one thing is that you'll, no, you'll notice that uh, this line, Lost Omens line, uh, replaces what we have for the campaign setting line, which in first edition was a, a monthly series of 64-page books. What we found is there's a couple things going on and, and reason why we kind of switched to doing bigger books. One is that uh, retailers are telling us that there's just not a lot of shelf space. Uh, this is a kind of uh, 
a, a, a time in the game industry where there's so many companies and, and putting out product, and uh, a lot of it's because of Kickstarter, kind of lowered the barrier for people. So there's shelf space is at a premium, and when, when you're putting out as many products as we were, it was hard for retailers to stock them, put them out, give them shelf space, give them time and stuff like that. And, and to restock them. And to restock them. I mean, so we also heard this from bookstores and stuff like that, like, you know, we were in Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and uh, a few other ones. And so this is kind of our attempt to try to make more compelling, bigger books that come out less reg- less regularly, but have a lot of the similar kind of content, and have it you know it'd be easier for a retailer to, to stock it and keep it in stock. So. And, and I think from a creative perspective too, it allows us to get even deeper down into the details on some of this stuff. And so um, you know we just couldn't do uh, the size of overview of these ten regions that we wanted to in a sixty-four page book. We'd have to split that up into two or three books. And so um, I'm really excited about the, just the format and the opportunities that present to us. Um, we are and, gonna, and they will have both um, <coughs> player and GM yeah. facing content. Yeah. Um, you know, we're moving away necessarily from putting huge spoilers into these that uh, that's going to ruin a player's experience and putting those in adventures um, so that we're not revealing what happened to Aridin in just the running text of a GM book. But if we reveal that, it would be in an adventure where you discover that. Right. Um, and so players can s- safely read these. A GM can still say, hey, please don't read this section or whatever. Um, but it, they'll have rules for characters, not just for GMs. Um, and that starts with volume one. You know, they will all have that. So rounding out sort of some Pathfinder accessories, we're continuing to do flip mats every couple of months. Those have been very popular, continue to be popular. Uh, we'll bring back some flip mat classics, so ones that have sold out that maybe are heavily used in Pathfinder Society scenarios or that have really strong utility at the game table and are and proven good sellers. Uh, we'll bring those out again. And then we've got the flip tiles, uh, the, the the customizable squares um, that came out starting last year. And this year we're going to be doing um, really, really starting in August, we've got an Urban Sewers expansion we have a Darklands starter set, so caves and passages and things like that, and then a Darklands Perils expansion, so an expansion with trapped corridors and lots of interesting subterranean features. Um, one of the things that is still uh, taking form that is going to be uh, that that is not going to come out until 2020, but that is very much happening right now in 2019, is our uh, our Kingmaker crowdfunding program that's going on right now. So if you go over to Game On Tabletop. You can check out that whole um, campaign. And what that is, uh, is uh, uh, really us trying to um, figure out what the best way to present what has been one of your guys' favorite campaigns that we've ever published. We've done Rise of the Rune Lords. We've done Curse of the Crimson Throne in compiled editions. And each one of those has like about a a full adventure's worth of new material in there. And of course, updates from things that that the players uh, gave us in terms of feedback on the message boards, things, you know, in many cases, James uh, had wanted to do the first time but didn't have the space or or thought about it after we sent it to print. a witch and we didn't have a witch class yet. Exactly. So we've done this type of thing before, but there's always been a sense in the Paizo office of like 
I think we could get more ambitious with this thing if we had the resources and we had the ability to spend, you know, months and months and months on the project. And so we knew with the success of the Kingmaker video game from Owlcat that, that the audience or the potential audience of people interested in Kingmaker is bigger than it's ever been. And Owlcat brought a lot of cool stuff to the table in terms of fleshing out the story, adding companions, adding side quests for those those companions. And uh, it, you know, didn't take long for people to start saying, hey, let's, let's get these for tabletop. We thought that's a good idea too so we're just kind of marrying all that stuff together and there's a big campaign you know and I think we're uh, we're just crested about 300k and uh, we've got plans you know theoretically to go much much higher than that um, but you know we the cool thing about this is the audience kind of gets to tell us what size book they want so the jury's still out on that but that's going to result in at least uh, I think at this point at least four books that are coming out next year and several other accessories and add-ons and things so uh, it's our goal to make the Kingmaker second edition campaign book and the associated side projects um, really uh, a, a, probably the most <laughs> the biggest campaign that, that certainly that we've ever done and I wouldn't be tremendously surprised if at the end of it it's probably the, the most ambitious and biggest campaign you know for an RPG uh, just in terms of page count and scope. Now a couple of those books are interesting in that um, they are not Pathfinder second edition they're, uh, they're books that help you run the campaign in other game systems so some folks have not yet decided they're going to jump into Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Some folks maybe will stay with Pathfinder 1st Edition until the heat death of the universe. Some people uh, are, have come into the hobby through 5th Edition, and they that's their native environment. So we wanted to make sure that the more the merrier, you, no matter what you're playing, you're going to have an opportunity to play this famous campaign. So Game on Tabletop, it's ongoing for another 10 days or so, and uh, we'd really love to have you guys check out and, and jump on board, and, and I'm pretty stoked about the cool stuff that's coming with that. Um, that kind of wraps up most of the stuff for Pathfinder 2nd Edition in terms of a broad overview. I will say there are at least mm, five products, maybe even more, that we have not yet announced that are even still going to come out in 2019. Yeah. I forgot the Game Mastery Guide. Well, I'm going to get to that. Okay. So that's uh, that's the one that we just announced uh, last uh, last night. And that's really, right now, that's sort of straddling 2019, 2020. We're calling it winter right now. Um, and uh, that thing is uh, suffering a little bit production-wise from just how difficult and long it's taken us to do the core rules. Core rules are coming out on time. Best is coming out on time. Now we're paying the piper for some of that. And we're just trying to finish up some of these other projects as swiftly as we can. Game Mastery Guide is our next big hardcover book. And uh, for those of you who are familiar with the first edition Game Mastery Guide, this one's going to be a little bit different. That book was more like, so you want to be a Game Master, let's give you a bunch of tips, and there's some general advice and that kind of stuff. This book is meant to have a little bit more utility at the table in a regular game session. So if, you know, like for instance, before we put out the NPC codex, I, in my own campaigns, use the NPC section from the Game Mastery Guide all the time. But I didn't necessarily use some of the other sections. I kind of wanted to read the advice section once, uh, turns out a lot of our players fancy themselves experts at GMing anyway, so they don't necessarily need that kind of like, here's how to deal with seven different trouble players or whatever. A lot of that type of information is maybe better suited these days for a blog or something like that. And so what we wanted to do is really populate the 256 pages of the Game Mastery Guide with subsystems and, and 
uh, here's how to build an adventure, here's how to build a monster. So some of that customization of your campaign, making it your own, making the game rules your own with some op- alternate options and things, that's what the Game Mastery Guide's all about. And we really want that book to be a book not just that you read once, but a book that you use on a regular basis. So we're really shooting for a high utility with Game Mastery Guide uh, for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Um, and like I said, there's still a handful of products that uh, we know we're, we're doing, but we haven't announced like a release date specifically. One of the things that the reason why is um, we're doing a lot of new stuff. You know, for a long time with Pathfinder, it's like we kind of found our rhythm. It's okay, we're going to do a 96 page adventure path every month, and we're going to do either a player companion or a campaign setting book. You know, on alternating months, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you kind of get into a rhythm um, when you're doing a new edition. You have an opportunity to do some different things format wise and sometimes that means it takes a little bit longer to get the vendor right and to figure out the schedule and and stuff and sometimes it means you have an idea that seems really cool and then once you get all the pricing in you're like we will make no money on this whatsoever we can't do it so what do we do instead so there's still a couple of products that are gonna be announced in the coming couple of months um, and that'll catch us all the way up to, to 2020 um, but that's just for Pathfinder I'd like to talk a little bit about Starfinder and by that I mean I'd like Rob to talk a little bit about Starfinder in 2019 so will you uh, give us a quick uh, update on where we are here now and where we're going by the, up to the end of the year I don't have the schedule to phone, but uh, <laughs> I got it um, so right now we're in uh, where we just released the beginner box that's our that just came out last month um, we're really excited about that. It's a great way to introduce new players um, to both Starfinder and to RPGs in general. We really wanted to make it accessible and uh, kind of you know help help new people get into the hobby in any way, any way that we can. So that just came out. We're running delves downstairs. We're excited about that. Um, our next big thing is in August, releasing a Gen Con. That's the Alien Archive Three. Uh, we showed off some of the new aliens in uh, in that book at the banquet last night. So. It's got lots of aliens because it's an alien archive. It's got a lot of aliens that are new playable races. Um, and we've got creature companion rules as kind of the big separate rules thing. So if you want mounts or pets or weird little space goldfish, uh, just going to have the rules in there for your characters. That's kind of like it. One of the things with uh, Starfinder is with the mechanic class, that was kind of our pet class, like the ranger. But you got a drone, your robot. And... That was kind of meant to fill that role, but we found out a lot of people said, I don't want a robot, I want an actual little fuzzy alien thing. And so that's why we have the creature companion rule, so we're looking forward to that. And then going forward into the fall in November, we're really excited about the character operations manual. Um, we had the public play test for the new classes in that, sort of at the turn of the year here a few months ago. So had public play test, we got lots of really great feedback from the fans, and anybody here, thank you if you participated in that. Um, so we have three new classes in this book, the uh, Biohacker, the Vanguard, and the Witch Warper. Um, Biohacker is the sort of super science thing, does a lot of stuff with injections, either to uh, boost their allies or hurt, hurt their foes. They can shoot little needles at distance and inject people and mix up all sorts of crazy, crazy chemicals and things. Uh, the Vanguard is kind of like a martial artist, mystic martial artist that calls on the power of entropy. They have this entropic strike that just allows them to destroy things. They can absorb a whole lot of damage. They're really designed to be like a tank. And the Witch Warper is a new spellcaster that basically calls on all of the infinite alternate realities um, and can sort of, you know, it's you're standing on a nice featureless plane and they're like, no, I think there needs to be a swamp there. And so they can pull in a swamp or stuff like that and some new spells. So... 
that's kind of the big focus of that book, but because this is the character operations manual and there's lots of different characters, um, we've got new options for every character class, all of the core races, um, new options for that, of course, feats and spells and everything. It's kind of like the a Pathfinder Advanced Player's Guide, which is a whole bunch of, of new options. Those are our big, our big releases. How about, um, let's talk a little bit about the Adventure Paths. Adventure Paths. Yeah, so the Adventure Path, we're just wrapping up the Dawn of Flame Adventure Path. Right now we've got two more volumes to go. I think the fifth one is coming out in just a couple weeks. That one's amazing. Did you write it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, written by Mark Moreland. Uh, this, this is the Adventure Path that takes place entirely inside the sun. Um, so I apologize if you've been gone into the sun a whole lot and all your adventures were going back there, but <laughs> I actually think it's really cool. I was like, well, Chris Sims, one of our adventure pets, I was like, we should do something in the sun. Like, we really should, because we can go in the sun in our game. That's about to wrap up, and then we're, in August, we're launching Attack of the Swarm, exclamation point. Um, the swarm is this big threat, big galactic threat. There are a hive mind of locust-like aliens who just consume and absorb everything in their path. Uh, they attacked the sort of central part of the setting, the Pact Worlds and the Vescarium. That's what kind of brought the Vescarium and the Pact Worlds together. Um, this is actually the Attack of the Swarm. They're attacking another uh, civilization out in the vast, and the PCs play sort of members of the military that are having to defend the planet from the Swarm. Um, there's some more information about the Sheeran race, which broke off from the Swarm a while ago, and with the goddess Hylax. So you learn a lot more about the Swarm, the Sheeran's relationship with that, and get to kill a whole lot of evil space bugs. And that takes us actually through the beginning of... No, yeah. Yep. We're not doing 2020. Not yet. So so that is Attack of the Swarm. Um, I didn't write any of those. (laughs) You've got um, flip mats every other month coming as well. Flip mats every other month. Starships, new alien worlds and some locations. Stuff that's good for your Starfinder games. Thinking there's anything else. There's a couple of little accessories and things, but... Yeah. Pawn sets. Yeah, pawn, pawn sets. sets all that kind of stuff. We do have a uh, Tech Terrain pawn mm-hmm. collection is coming out in a, in a couple months. Mm-hmm. This is, if you're familiar with the Pathfinder pawn collection, that was uh, Dungeon Decor. This is Tech Terrain, a bunch of stuff for your science fiction, science fantasy games. So there's computer consoles, chairs for starships, uh, vending machines, uh, Toilet cubicles, or as we know them, porta potties. Uh, which is trademarked. That's apparently. why they're called <laughs> toilet cubicles. That's why we um, had to come over. <laughs> so, all the trash cans, uh, all sorts of just fun little terrain bits that you can put down on your map to uh, doors that you can stand up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So we're continuing to kind of flesh out, you know, the Starfinder <coughs> rules and the setting and the adventures and the accessories. Um, we've had a lot of uh, success with Starfinder and are, are marching forward full speed ahead there, if not picking up a little acceleration. Um, let's see. We also, uh, just this month, in fact, at this show is the debut of the new version of the Pathfinder Adventure card game. Um, and when I say new version, it is uh, it is still compatible with the old version. The card backs are exactly the same, so if you mix and match cards, you do that, but they've visually redesigned the card fronts, they've tightened up the rules because we've now had that game out for several years and uh, they've got some feedback and they're they're really adding a lot more um, narrative elements to that game. So in addition to the cards, you get a a little book that gives you a lot more 
of the story. You know, um, when we did uh, Rise of the Rune Lords and uh, Skull and Shackles and a couple of other adventure paths, one of the things that was interesting to us is a lot of people came to those games have, having very little Pathfinder experience. You know, maybe they're just more board gamers than, than RPG people, and they were really interested in the story. I think that's one of the strengths of, of, uh, of the adventure card game, not just sort of the emerging story in play, but, the, but that it's all based on an adventure path. So if you sort of say, oh, what's the deal with that place? You know, if you have the RPG, there's an answer behind that, right? And so we wanted to provide a little bit more of that sensibility to the adventure card game. So the, the base set um, contains a, a brief adventure path based on the Dragon's Demand 64-page adventure that we published several years ago for Pathfinder. And then um, there's a Curse of the Crimson Throne adventure path, and those things have adventure books as well. Other, other thing, just one more thing to add mm-hmm. to that. So in, one of the things in the past, we would always come out with a, like a new adventure path like uh, Wrath of the Righteous. We'd come up with this big, heavy, expensive base you know, set for it, and then adventure decks that added on to it. And then when you went to Mummy's Mask, you'd buy that same old big base set again. And what we realized is a lot of the cards were the same each time, and we were making you buy the same cards over and over again. And then that just made, the game, made it really expensive for people to get into it. So now there's a core set. Of, of, of cards, that's one that has the Dragon's Demand in it, but when you get Curse of Crimson Throne, you're actually adding that to those cards in the core set, and that gives you the full set you need to run Curse of Crimson Throne. When you're done, you pull the Crimson Throne cards out, and the next adventure path comes in, you can then put those into that core set. So that core set almost becomes like your core rule book in a way. You know, it's, it's got the base, the base of the game that you, you want to play, and that stays constant because it's Pathfinder uh, from game to game, and then, and then the adventure path cards are what add Things that make that unique to that, to that mythos or that part of the world or whatever, or the, the characters, and so you're, you're you're you know you're getting more more story and you're getting more ability to kind of put more unique things into our adventure paths rather than have, constantly having to remake the long sword or the dagger or the whatever. Now that stuff's in the core set, so and that brings the price way down for doing adventure paths uh, stuff. So we're able to sell them at a lot lower price, which will mean it's easier to kind of go in there and play and. They take your, I mean, they, and they, the play value is just insanely high. I mean, you know, our group plays, has played through them, and I mean, it takes us at least about a year to go through them all, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, 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 it's a lot of value for what you're getting in there. And no cats were harmed. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. a really weird thing where Mike was talking about murdering cats. <laughs> it's almost like it happened at his home or something, and he's still traumatized by it. I have cats on my ass, and we've never come close weird, to it. A weird, uh, weird analogy. Um, uh, Mark, uh, could yes, you sir. maybe talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's coming out between now and the end of the year, but that maybe it doesn't come up here on our product? Oh, schedule. stuff that we're not making. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we have a long-standing partnership with uh, WizKids, who does the Pathfinder Battles, and not by the end of the year, but it's soon, <coughs> Starfinder Battles as well. And those are uh, pre-painted plastic miniatures, and they um, have the uh, Ruins of Last Wall set, um, which just came out like this week. We've got down in the store downstairs, um, and that set has a lot of undead. It's got... Um, a lot of crusaders and psychopomps and um, death-related stuff um, in it, uh, and so that it would be very handy for someone running um, the uh, Tyrant's Grasp AP, um, but also for people who are running any game that has undead in it, which is 
all of them. Um, and uh, then after that, we have. Hey, don't forget the. Uh, tell me about the, uh, the special, the special thing. Oh yeah, there's a, a, a special. Um, what they call premium sets, um, which is the uh, Cemetery of the Fallen. That's got a full um, to scale uh, mausoleum with a removable roof, so that you can have your PCs go in and look at the tomb, and surely nothing would go wrong. Um, and it's got um, a bunch of different coffins, uh, you know, like stone coffins that you, you can remove the top. So if you want to put your monster in there, you can. Um, it's got a bunch of gravestones. It's got a cemetery fence and gates. Really cool. And it's, it, it's it very impressive. And yeah. Phrasma, when it's laid and, out. Oh, yeah. No, Phrasma's part of the uh, She got uh, moved from yeah. the premium to the regular set. That's right. Um, but yes, that the 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 main set itself has five gods in it. So if your PCs happened to be in the boneyard for some reason and they met for asthma, um, which could happen in volume one of that AP, I think, um, then you've got that many and Urgothoa and Iomade and Rasmir, you know, the gods, right? Uh, yeah, the gods. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and after that, we have. Uh, in July, we should have a, uh, a non-randomized preview set of the next full base set, and that uh, is uh, called uh, Legendary Adventures, uh, which is set for an October release. But we'll have an eight-figure set of alternate paints, uh, alternate paint um, models of some of those, uh, including... Uh, some goblins, some hobgoblins, orcs. Uh, bugbears, orcs, um, and I think there's a halfling and a dwarf or an elf. Uh, so you you get a mix of both player appropriate and non player appropriate characters. When does that come up? That I believe is July, um, but yeah, We're targeting July, We're targeting July, yeah. targeting July. Uh, mm-hmm. Shortly thereafter, we should have the um, uh, iconic heroes evolved set, which is similar to the iconic uh, heroes sets that we've done in the past, where there are you know, the six figures, which are the high-quality, um, premium paint jobs of our iconics. These were based on early sketches that we had of the iconics while we were working on the playtest. Um, and due to some production uh, issues, uh, have been delayed, and so we're we we sent them all the final art. So one of the advantages of it being late is we were able to say, "Hey, now we know what color all this stuff is." Yeah, that's not the fault. sketch anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so those are again hopefully coming out uh, during the during the summer, probably closer to, to August. Um, and uh, then after that, we've got the the full uh, you know forty five figure legendary adventure set. That is based off a combination of uh, second edition concept art that Wayne Reynolds did. Um, again, some from sketches, some from from full color illustrations, as well as uh, some of the um, new reimaginings of second edition creatures that we've done in the bestiary. Uh, and it will be the first set since Rise of the Rune Lords to include randomized huges. So if you, say, have been running any adventures that include, um, I don't know, mind-controlling fish people or fish monsters, maybe those are in there. Maybe there's some turtle dragons or dragon turtles or, I don't know, some giants. A whole lot of things that we really haven't been able to do in the sets up until now. Um, so bigger figures. Bigger figures, yeah. Um, and that's set for, uh, we're aiming for October uh, for that release. And that's all that we have for the end of 
2019 from them. Uh, Owlcat Games, who uh, did the Kingmaker computer role-playing game adaptation uh, that came out last autumn, uh, they have a uh, enhanced edition, which comes out in like a week, week and a half. It comes out, uh, I think, the 4th of June, and it um, will add a new class. It'll have a lot of quality of life adjustments that they've um, added to the game after nine months of it being out in the wild and, and public, and uh, that will also include a new DLC with a procedurally generated dungeon beneath the Stolen Lands, where you can go in and run an entire campaign down there, or you can pop in every once in a while from different points throughout the campaign and and, uh, and do that. And those are the big no, license I got Actually, there's happen. one announcement we actually make here that Please. I'm not sure even any of you guys have heard about. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. But, so you guys I know love, that we I have... I love these. You guys know that we have virtual tabletops. This is good. Uh, we do have Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds are two uh, virtual tabletops. Well, there's another virtual tabletop we've actually had a license with for a while, but they haven't done anything with it, and that's D20 Pro. And they just literally, on Friday, released uh, both Starfinder and Pathfinder in first edition for D20 Pro. We didn't even cool. know about it. Great. It just kind of yeah. gets right up in my inbox. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, cool. And so, and so then they say, hey, we'd like to do second edition, too. And so I'm like, well, we can set you up with that. So maybe now have four three years, virtual yeah. tabletops. <laughs> um, yeah, just cool. Great. So yeah. now you have your choice of whatever... A couple other things, just quickly. Uh, we have Skittermander plush dice bags uh, for Starfinder coming out from Ultra Pro. Yeah. I think they're targeting Gen Con uh, release for those. We've got samples of those in the tower down at the store. Um, they campaign awesome. coins. They look really awesome. Campaign coins is doing some hero point right. tokens similar to the ones that we gave away at the banquet last night, although they won't have Thumbus on them. Those were special for special uh, They open. have the, the the glyph of the open road, the symbol of the, uh, of the Pathfinder Society on one side and then the Pathfinder P on the other side. Those are just a cool, fun way to use hero points in the game. And then our friends at Reaper have produced a set of paints uh, that are themed toward Valerian. So colors pulled from the different gods and some of the different countries and stuff like that. Uh, I personally love Reaper paints. um, And Wayne Reynolds paints all of his paintings with Reaper paints, which is insane to me. Um, but now he can paint with official Pathfinder paintings with official Pathfinder paints. And they're actually yeah. using so those paints exciting. down in the uh, paint yeah. tanks yeah. in the stores. Um, okay, so I want to leave I a little... Sioni red is the right color for Sioni's. It might not be yeah, anymore. We'll okay, uh, so uh, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about 2020, but it's really just a little bit of time because we only have announced products for January 2020 right now. Um, and then I've got a quick question for the panel, and then I'll open it up to everybody. Um, and I'll, I'll call on a couple of you guys to, to, to talk a little bit about this. Uh, James, why don't we start with you? Can you talk a little bit about briefly about the Extinction Curse Adventure Path that, uh, that kicks off in January, uh, January of 2020? Yeah, uh, Extinction Curse is the adventure path where your players are service performers, and uh, so you need to be able to juggle burning puppies and throw knives and do all of the trapeze artistry and all of that stuff. Mike's killing you. All of your circus acts, uh, maybe you get to save the Isle of Corpus from being destroyed by a bunch of crazy traumatized. Can you save the burning puppies, too? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, they're hellhounds. They don't care. All right. Uh, oh, 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 oh
Uh, we also have um, uh, in uh, in January we've got the Lost Omens Gods and Magic book, which is an overview of all the religions and deities in the setting and what you get for uh, in terms of mechanical benefits for being faithful of them. Not just clerics and things, but uh, there are there are feats. There are a lot of fun things in that book as well. I may have skipped over. Did I talk about the character guide? Leshy's. Cool. Um, And then we've got, let's see what else, Uh, Flipmat Castles multi-pack, so four different castles for you there. Um, We've got uh, an advanced GM screen, which is going to be another um, uh, uh, widescreen one, Um, although we will also do a Paizo.com one that's a tall one, Um, and that's going to have a lot of charts and things to help that come from the Game Mastery Guide that's released roughly around the same time. Um, and, uh, let's see, Flipmat Dead World for Starfinder, and then we also talked about the Threefold Conspiracy, which actually kicks off in February, but maybe you could have a few things to say about that. Correct, we haven't said much, we did a little bit in our, uh, Adventure Path panel yesterday to talk about it, but it's called the Threefold Conspiracy, this launches in February of 2020, uh, another one of the big threats in the pack rolls are the Unseen, which is not one organized group, but it's sort of all the conspiracy things like gray aliens and reptoids and other kind of shape changers and the invisible hand guiding events. And so this is kind of the big conspiracy theory adventure path where there's all sorts of infiltrations and it's really designed to, as the players get deeper and deeper into it and they think they know the answer, like, we're going to get it, and they find out they've just peeled another layer of the onion and it's much deeper than they could have thought. So it's going to bring in lots of interesting threats and lots of, you know... Who is this person? Are they who they say they are? And uh, lots of lots of fun conspiracy stuff. And can I play yeah. a reptoid in that adventure path? Possibly. If it's role playing, you see, you have to do something different than you. I don't even understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's a six volume adventure path, so it starts at first, goes to third Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'd like to shake things up here for just a second before we open it to questions. And starting with James and working our way toward Lisa, oh with the understanding that the CEO and the publisher are in the room, and if you reveal something that you shouldn't reveal, you might get in trouble. Uh, in in general. Terms in general terms, I'd love to hear something about the product schedule. Uh, not saying, oh, this book on this month, but something you're excited about that's upcoming. Just so like a hint, and we'll start with you, James. The Grave Raker. Okay, what's that? That's something that. Rakes oh, I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's gonna be dope. All right, what's the grave? Is raker? that like a zamboni, but for grave? Yeah, too much. It, 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 more than you might think. Uh, all right, uh, Rob, how about you? Now I'm on the spot. Um, yeah. Um, think fast, McCreary. Oh, yeah. Oh. It can be something more general too. Uh, we're looking forward to doing this type of thing in 2020. Yeah. Can we skip me for a second? Sure, Mark, what? Um, Well, since I'm the guy who deals with all the licenses, uh, I have to go with that. Uh, I am excited for um, (coughs) follow-ups to successful past um, projects that our licensees have done, without naming any. Uh, And specifically, people have been asking me about comics, and we we, we are currently talking with Dynamite about what's next. Um... We're getting the ball rolling on that, and so people should be able to find out more about that soon. But that's literally all I can say. It's so very no general. Very good. Yes, uh, you're in a tough place too because you can't 
I can't reveal. I can't thing. reveal other. All right, Rob, have you got one? Well, I kind of got two because we are really excited about calm and everything in there, but there's not one specific. What's thing calm? I'm oh, sorry, that's our that's our that's internal character <laughs> operations manual um, in November. But I'm also super excited for things we can't talk about because we got some really really cool stuff coming out in 2020 for Starfinder, sort of the big books. So, are we the best salesman ever? <laughs> 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 Um, but wait, there's more. Two All right. Uh, uh, I'll go next, and then Lisa, you're, you're a blast. You can probably say whatever you want. Um, I'm writing a module right now, um, and it's about 50,000 words into it, which means it's going to be bigger than the other ones. It's late, um, but it's whatever. It hasn't been announced a yet. A publisher so is really never late. late. A publisher turns in his manuscript exactly when he intends to. <laughs> By the way, I had no idea it was late until it told me so. I mean, right, of course. Why would you? Um, So, anyway, so I'm working on an adventure, and it is going to involve uh, Aridin, the the god of humanity, and and we'll answer a lot of questions about that. Not necessarily the question everybody wants answered, but lots and lots of other questions about that. And it is based on an in-house campaign that I ran for a while with uh, these two guys, both players in it. And actually, Mark, you played a little bit I played a little bit on a live stream. Yeah, so it's uh, based on my Kings of Absalom campaign that I ran... in Once you're done writing it, can we start the game up again? And sure, sure. Because the, the second part's really cool. Okay, uh, anyway, uh, that'll be coming out... The second, the second part will come out in 2045. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll answer questions about Aridin that people have not even thought to ask yet. Correct, correct. Actually, it won't be about Aridin. That one's going to be more about Norgorber. Uh, Lisa? Will this come out sometime when your Gebben next thing comes out? Anyway. Uh, no, I'm, uh, no, no. <laughs> Someone else is going to write that. Uh, I see. Yes. So I, 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 I'm, I probably even have the most stuff that that uh, I'm excited about that I can't talk about. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so I, 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 in my auntie Lisa's, I actually gave a little hint to something. But I, I I'm going to give you guys the same hint, and it'll be one of those things that if this thing happens, you'll know. You'll say, "Oh, that was Lisa. What was Lisa was talking about?" So there's a thing that if it happens, will happen this coming fall, and we're in the process of running it, getting a contract done. And if we do it, it's going to. It's going to be a way to play role-playing games like this, that's oh. never been done before, mm-hmm. in a way that's pretty darn exciting. And I'm, it's it's it kind of blows my mind that we're actually on the brink of doing this, and we've actually I've seen it in office, and and it's pretty damn cool. And uh, but it's it's we have we're in an NDA because we're in, yeah so so we're in NDA so can't talk about it until it gets announced. And we're in the process of writing the contract right now. And once that gets signed, and that would we'll probably fall it. through if we were to tell you all what it is. So. Yeah, it would, it would, it would definitely fall through. <laughs> so if, if, if you see a huge announcement from us in the coming months about something happening this fall, and you say, holy shit, that was what Lisa was talking about. Um, and so that was, there's that, and I'm pretty excited about that one. And then... It, Five minutes, I figured. Uh, and so then the, uh, the, la- the other thing I'm really excited about is actually the third adventure path that's for second edition. Uh, yeah. It's because it's, it's actually a, night, a long time. Every so often we'll get in a room and throw out ideas like, okay, let's talk about what adventure paths we can do in the future and stuff. And, and I, have, I have a couple of things I've thrown out in the past, and this is one of the ones I threw out. I said, I'd really love to run this campaign. Uh, I, I, I think if, I mean, my... Players I've been you know running games with for over twenty five years would love this kind of campaign. This kind of meaty thing they'd love to dig their, their uh, little claws into and make my life hell over. So um, and we're finally doing it. So um, that's, I'm really excited. I'm like I think I wish it was coming quicker because we really want to play second edition. I was like, God, if I start with an adventure path, it's gonna take us two years and then I'll 
uh, even longer before I get that one. So curse you, Mona. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways that's, it's the one that comes out at Gen Con next year. Uh, and I'm really excited about that one. So. Awesome. Okay, uh, we have a little bit of time for some questions. Do you guys have any questions, or do you want to try and trick us? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I have a question about subscriptions. Yes. Uh, Me too. I've been a little vague on if there's any going to be changes to subscriptions mm-hmm. coming up second edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, PDFs still being included, anything like that? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Lisa? Yes, PDFs are included. Uh, right before PaizaCon, uh, thread. Yeah. Basically, it's just one of those things that, you know, kind of a little behind the scenes is that it, we, we've, we've had little pushes to getting this stuff done, and then we you know, sending stuff to the printer or people go on vacation or we have PaizoCon and whatever. And things kind of get in the way and then it falls off. But right before like, PaizoCon, someone resurrected and say, are we done with this? Can we announce this stuff yet? And I'm like, oh, I think we still need to dot I's and cross T's. But it's, you know, it's, it's pretty similar. I mean, you know, we don't have the same lines anymore. We don't have player companions anymore. When campaign setting becomes lost omens. I mean, this is that kind of stuff. But where there was PDFs in the past, there'll be PDFs going forward. Um, we, you know, we have the Paizu advantage is, you know, what we, we introduced that with Starfinder. It was the Pathfinder advantage in the in the first edition, but it's become part of the Paizu advantage. So it's going to have a very similar thing to what we did with Starfinder. Um, I don't remember the exact details, I- but. I think it, it's it's fair to say that one of the reasons why there's been a little caginess and why we haven't said this is the exact deal. I, I think that it's not that we're looking at changing things that make subscriptions worse. It's that we're investigating ways to make, make them better. better. And until we've figured out how to do some of that stuff, announcing all the details, like I don't want to announce, or we don't want to announce details we're going to have to go back on a little bit later. And I think one of the things we always like to do um, is when we announce stuff, we want it to be built into the website and ready to go. So like when we announce subscriptions, and, and all the details. We want you to be able to subscribe pretty much at that same time, and that involves moving a lot of moving parts and getting everything sorted. But, so. You know, for things like the RPG books and things, it's going to be pretty much what you expect. It'd be very similar. I mean, you know, all our book products are pretty much going to follow a very similar thing. There just may be even better things that come with it too. So, you know, we're, we're trying to find ways to do that kind of stuff. It's, again, it's a, it's mainly just tying up with the tech team and stuff. We're, Bigger company cool. now. Is there a question over here as well? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just want to ask, as someone who wants to GM Age of Ashes when it comes out, uh, is there anything you would recommend we do now before it comes out to prepare? Any like books that might inspire you we could read or films we could watch or even something to recommend to do for our players? Uh, not quite yet. Um, it's really, it's, it's, um, <laughs> It's hard for me to say that because I mean, you get the get the Corvo book, get the best jury, um, and uh, there will be a player's guide. I'm pretty sure. I hope uh, that will have like the information for your players. To play with. Uh, as for movies, um, any anything that has like giant disasters and fire burning, lots of stuff. <laughs> the last few. Oh yeah, Game of, of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> that was a different kind of disaster. <laughs> Let's go with a question over here. Um, for um, Starfinder, is there a plan for like maybe uh, a starship guide that has uh, additional options for starships, starship roles? <laughs> 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 we would really like to do more with. Really? It does yeah, seem like a good that, product for us. That, that, that would be really. And, uh, that would be a great idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, but you want to make it like a pretty yeah, big deal. Yeah, it would make a big yeah. deal. Like maybe like we probably want to give us some extra time and yeah, yeah, yeah. but not that much time. Not okay, that yeah, that question, time, yeah, question, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a no. 
exposure to China, a lot of a lot mm. of uh, companies are running into that right now. Are you? Yeah. Uh, is that going to cause delays for you guys? Um, no, no delays. So, so the stuff in China is all money related, right? It's in yeah. terms of tariffs and things. I mean, it doesn't that doesn't slow us down. It may cost us a little extra money and stuff like that. The good news is all our stuff for the launch for Gen Con is already on a boat, so it's not going to be tariffed. Um, but future stuff could be. Uh, we're talking to our Chinese printer about you know we have a great relationship with our uh, Chinese printer. I mean we we've been working with these guys for geez, like ten twelve Long years time. now, and uh, they're almost like friends with us because we we we, we they, they come and visit us and things. I like think that. they're, so, they're more than almost friends. Yeah, they, 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 are, they, they are friends, yeah. and they, they've been they've been great partners to us. So we'll figure a way through it, um, and uh, you know it's it's it's. We it's, do also have American public. Uh, we do. Yeah, so we, we, do we have other options. We print well. Canada sometimes so, too. Yeah, so. and not it's. Not I have faith in our leaders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so we need gold. I noticed last night at the uh, banquet, you had a slide in there of different races in there. You had the Leshy in there. Mm-hmm. You had a Hobgoblin in there. Mm-hmm. One of them that I noticed that wasn't actually announced was the cat boat. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a there's a cat there's a cat person in that picture, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that any kind of hint? Uh not really actually. I mean, the fact uh, that we have art for it yeah, means that we have art for it. For things we don't use. Cat so. folk are on the top of the list of stuff people want, you know, um, and uh, they'll be in the game soon. Uh, other questions? Cat folk right now. What's that? I'm playing one right now on an adventure map. In second edition? No, no that's what I mean. So, yeah, so a lot of people, a lot of people really enjoy that that ancestry, and so it's it's high on the list. I can't remember exactly where that picture that was on that spread comes from, um, but I think it's in a. Uh, I think it's from an overview of like here's a bunch of other ancestors, not like. I don't want to say ancestries in terms of of here's all the rules for it, but like here's a bunch of other races that have prominent roles in the inner sea region. And that's also a good way to look at, like, oh, I bet they're going to get to most of that stuff pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about the Game Master Guide and having different subsystems and options, was that kind of more um, compared to, like, Pathfinder Unchained, like, optional rules? There will be some stuff kind of like that, yeah, but it's what I'm really comparing it to is the first Game Master Guide. It's going to also be a lot of the stuff that, um, if you look at the core rulebook, it's like, here's how you make your character and here's how you run the game. Game Master Guide is like, here's how you make the game. So it'll basically help you build your own content. I, I, I actually think about, like, if you played first edition AD&D, I mean, that GM, the DM's Guide, yeah. I was something I used all the time because it really kind of helped me how to how to play different parts of the game and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, And there's like stuff that. there's stuff that, that it's not, it's aimed at GMs, but it's more like, here's a bunch of options you can give your players if you want. So, for example, there's different progressions in how weapons advance, you know, that you could, you could do that <coughs> instead. There's kind of a, we don't use the, the term for it, but the, you know, the gestalt character where you're like going up in multiple classes at once, uh, there's, a, there's an option in there as well. Um, yeah. Um, I sort of had a fun question, but then I re- immediately realized God, I like fun, man. the cat folk one. It was sort of a question of like, what are you guys excited about releasing in second edition that you have not yet had any plans to do? 
So, oh, that's an interesting idea. So we wouldn't be spoiling anything. Like, what's something that, that just we, that think we, that we hope to do? That we hope we can do. At some point. Okay. Yeah, um, I take it in. Throw out something yeah. that will maybe I haven't mentioned out loud in front of the people to pay me. Uh, yeah. I can do a uh, Red Mantis Adventure Path where players oh, yeah, play Red Mantis dope. Assassins. That'd be really cool. Oh, where the players play Red yeah, Mantis Assassins. That'd be really cool. Ooh, that's sexy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but death is permanent if you're a Red Mantis Assassin. You yeah, see, yeah, like I said, that's, that's very sexy. For, yeah. for, uh, don't let Rob run this game. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, do you have some, an answer to that question? For second edition? Or Starfinder. Or I'll do Starfinder, which I would love to do some kind of kingmaker in space, like a col- yeah, colonization nice. kind of thing. It would be, it, that's, that's what I'd really like to do. Yeah. There's lots of ways to do it, but just something about going out and Finding your own world and making it yours would be super. Um, something I would love to do for second edition would be to get some type of uh, mass media uh, thing. You know, get a movie, get a TV show, get you know. Um, you, you said what would we like to have happen? Yeah. Not, not what is something that <laughs> I'm looking forward to um, both. Getting to inner sea areas, nations that we haven't been able to get really deep into, places like Galt or Nex or Geb. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in that because it's things that, that I've always wanted to see. But then I'm also really interested because then that allows us to go even further off map, you know. And we're not going to wait until we've done all those before we go off map. In fact, we go off map in the first adventure path. Yeah. Um, and so there's just a lot of stuff like the southern Garand I'm quite interested in. Um, some of the older kingdoms, like uh, I've been reading a lot personally. Um, because I'm a huge nerd of like Sumerian and Mesopotamian history and stuff, and so there are analogs to Ninshaber and, and things like that. Uh, in and that I think would be fun to explore, sort of Kazmaran stuff, and so that's what I'm excited about. So I'll give you another adventure, my other adventure path idea that I've been kind of pushing a little bit because I think it'd be fun, and actually it's even more doable now because of Starfinder. And I always thought it'd be fun to do an adventure path that was a first contact adventure path, like where basically you're getting your first like. The vest or something like that, mm-hmm. coming to Galarian and first contact with these people and how you deal with the science fiction. As a fantasy and, campaign. As a fantasy yeah. campaign yeah. with what the science fiction these kind of thing yeah. coming in. And, oh, and, and that. I always thought that would be kind of fun. Do you have a follow-up or are you going to try yeah, to my, my The question that came up in my head was the other character that was in that sort of panel of like the inner sea uh, ancestries was the sort of time-lost human or the human? Yeah, the new Thessalonian. Yeah. What is that heritage <coughs> like? If you're willing to say uh, it, it's basically, yeah. um, I can't even remember. <laughs> it's the same as they're, I mean, they're Aslanti. One thing that we're moving away from is the Aslanti are better yeah. than other humans. Uh, the um, Thessalonian uh, heritage and ancestry um, is they're really tied in. With, I mean, you've seen Rise of the Rune Lord, Turn of the Rune, all that stuff. They're they're into magic. They're into runes. They're into like uh, that type of stuff. I mean. I can't really give you the exact game mechanics of it because uh, they're not done yet. They're not done yet. For sure. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, but we're actually, Which one do you guys have asked the question? question. Yeah. Have <laughs> you have or haven't? You have, okay, go ahead. Sorry. One more. For, Make it good. This is the last one. Yeah. Okay. No pressure. For uh, existing campaigns, one e campaigns, yeah. uh, will at launch there be conversion rules and conversion factors for? Your first edition stuff to second edition. Yeah, well, well, um, 
there'll be there'll be some stuff. Uh, we don't know what it. I don't know what it is yet. We've talked about it, and it's kind of like every time I talk to Jason, I'm like we got to do some kind of conversion. He's like, I know, I know, but not right now. And so <laughs> he is a good. That was good. You don't smell like booze, so uh, it's not that. Yeah, should have seen it last night. Uh, um, so uh, there'll be something, but I don't know what it's going to be yet. And my guess is Certainly it's going to be one per adventure no, path no, or anything no, like no, that. No, it'll, no, be like, it'll be an online thing that's yeah. like, here's a quick and dirty way. When you see this number, think about this. When you, you know, and I, I will guarantee you that it's going to be more art than science, um, just because it's. It, it's kind of a fool's errand. What you're trying to do is you're trying to say, this is the type of stuff I want to be able to do. These are the powers that this guy should have at this power level. You can map that conceptually over to the new game very, very easily. Yeah. If you're trying to map literally everything, you have different number of feats. You've got a whole different structure of the game. So it's going to be a little... It's not. I think it's actually quite easy to convert stuff on the fly. I've done that myself. But uh, but it's not... It, it, like I said, it's more art than science. And so it'll be more a series of guidelines than a series of hard and fast rules. Right, right. So it was a great way to end it. Um, um, thank you guys so much for coming to the panel. Uh, can't wait to see you at the 2020 and beyond panel next year. Uh, thanks again for coming to PaisalCon, guys. Okay, Paisal's got a future.